You're listening to a sermon podcast from Agape Baptist Church, recorded live from our Sunday service. Good morning. Today's scripture is taken from John 11, verses 17 to 37. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind men also have kept this man from dying? This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. The Lord bless you. <clears throat> so today we have a husband and wife team to bring for you. Uh, so first of all, before I get started, uh, next Sunday, the service is at 10 a.m. Okay, I think the slides show different times. Uh, so at 10 a.m., hope to see all of you and bring your friends and family as well. Okay, so uh, today is our uh, second sermon in, uh, in this three-part series. It will end on uh, Good Friday, uh, getting to know Jesus <clears throat> as we prepare ourselves uh, for the Holy Week. Uh, my prayer is that we will get to know Jesus a little bit better. Okay, that's our lifelong goal, isn't it? Now, one way to know Jesus is by being up and close and personal with him through his interaction with different people and in uh, different situations. So last Sunday, we saw Jesus at a wedding party. Today, we will see him at a funeral. And this, on Good Friday, we will see him at the garden. Now, in the book of John, uh, there are a total of seven miracles recorded. All the miracles are signs. Right, And so last Sunday, you saw the first miracle where Jesus turned water into wine. And the second miracle, as you read the chapter a day, 
you will come across it in uh, chapter 5, okay, where, um, uh, uh, chapter 4, uh, where Jesus healed a, the son of an official remotely without even going there. And uh, the third miracle is uh, in John chapter 5, uh, where Jesus healed a, uh, an, a, an invalid man, okay? And the fourth miracle is in John chapter 6, uh, where Jesus fed 5,000 people uh, just from two loaves of bread and five fishes. It's a miracle. Uh, and uh, the fifth one is also in uh, John chapter 6, where Jesus walked on water. Uh, the sixth one is in John chapter 9. Uh, Jesus restores the sight of a blind man who has been blind from birth. And today's uh, story is the last miracle, and perhaps the most impressive one. And uh, this happened um, <clears throat> about um, a week before his death, okay? Uh, so uh, in this encounter, Jesus is confronting the issue of death, okay? The issue of death that we are we're all worried about, don't we? So today's sermon outline, we will see <clears throat> the hope in death. The tears in death, and also the glory of God in death. Okay? The hope, the tears, and the glory in death. First of all, the hope in death. Uh, death is a dreaded end that uh, nobody wants to think about, right? We, we do all, all kinds of things to, uh, to avoid risk that would result in death, don't we? Right? So uh, now, if you have ever lost a loved one, uh, you will be able to relate to the painful experience of Mary and Martha, who would encounter the death of their brother. All right? So uh, my dad passed away five years ago, and here's a photo of us uh, on Father's Day. <clears throat> my father died from uh, leukemia, a blood disease. Uh, thank God that I was uh, able to be there with him for the, for the last few days and by the side in the hospital with him. Um, and um, as they passed by, uh, the doctor suggested that uh, the family should come because uh, his condition was uh, not improving, in fact, getting uh, worse and worse. So my sister Jenny, who lived uh, not too far, decided to drive over the same morning um, and... Uh, the other sisters uh, decided to take the first flight available to fly out so that we can spend time with my dad before his passing. Uh, so I was the only one with my dad at that time, and I prayed to God that uh, he would sustain my dad until everyone comes. Now at about uh, 10, 1.40 p.m. of that day, my sister who was driving the car called and said she was stuck in the traffic. She asked me how my dad was, so uh, as we were talking on the phone, uh, I reached out to my dad and encouraged him to hang on a little bit longer because uh, all of us are going come to come in there to see him. And as I was talking to him, I saw him take the last breath. And he was just gone like, just like that. Couldn't believe it. And my, dad was, my sister was shocked. And there was no one around me for me to hug and cry with. And I'm glad that my sister was on the phone so we could cry together for a little while. So my mind was filled with memories of my dad immediately, how he had entertained us with his many jokes and funny stories 
how he loved eating, and uh, we just enjoy eating together with him because watching him enjoy the food uh, adds to our satisfaction so much more. And he especially loved uh, Singapore curry noodles. But all these things ended with his death. So when Lazarus was very sick, I can imagine the family waiting anxiously for Jesus. Jesus, come. When are you going to come? We need you. And they had a medical emergency. But Jesus didn't come. And Martha and Mary saw the brother took his last breath right in front of their eyes. By the time Jesus showed up, Lazarus was already dead for four days. But Jesus and the disciples were only two miles away. That's about three kilometers. They could have been there within an hour, just walking leisurely. So when Mary saw, when Martha saw Jesus, you can almost hear the disappointment from the very first word out of her mouth. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here, but you were not, you were too late. Don't you care that we were desperate? I thought you loved us, but where were you? Some of us find ourselves in the same situation. We are confronted with a life and death situation or a dire situation. It's just hopeless. We cry out to Jesus. We plead and beg for him to come. And we worry sick as we, we watch our loved ones slipping away day by day. And when death arrives, we say, Lord, if you have been here. And maybe that's not a physical death, but the death of a relationship between a parent and a child. So dear. A marriage or a dear friend. This relationship just slips away day by day in front of your eyes. Lord, if you had been here, this would not have happened. So this moment, Jesus discerns Mary needed the most in her grief is hope. So he spoke the words of hope to Mary. Your brother will rise again. And Mary responded with, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe, but she didn't actually be, believe that the brother will rise again in front of her eyes shortly. So Jesus assured her once more, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Mary? Do you believe this? church. What an audacious statement of hope. These words are enormously comforting 
if they are true. Though someone dies, yet they shall live. They shall never die. Really? I've seen people die. My dad died. You've seen your loved ones die. These words are so good. I believe even if you are not a Christian, you will want this to be true, right? They are true only if Jesus is God. He's the only one who can make these words true. Anyone else say these things to you are crazy. It's impossible. But nothing is impossible for God. Jesus is, in fact, the resurrection and the life. He is the power that gives lives and keeps everything running. Right now, at this very moment, His life-giving power is keeping every one of us alive, breathing, our hearts pumping. For anyone who believes in Jesus, this power does not end with death because it will continue through eternity. You will never die. And there is hope in death because of Jesus. You see, to Jesus, death is not terminal, but transitional. It's not the end, but the beginning of eternity. Whenever death, whatever death that you have witnessed, people will rise again in Jesus. If you are struggling with the prospect of death, Jesus gives you hope this morning. And if you can't get over the death of a loved one who was the follower of Christ, I know some of us find it so painful, even years after we lost a loved one, our Lord Jesus promises you that you will see him again or her again. Secondly, tears and death. This is when we see the interaction between Jesus and Mary. Now, this is the Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus when, uh, uh, when uh, Martha was busy serving him. Uh, this is a Mary who would later break the alabaster jar of extremely expensive perfume and give it all to Jesus. That comes in John chapter 12. But here we see Mary. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The exact words that, Mary, that Martha said, but her posture was completely different because Mary fell at the feet of Jesus, a posture of worship. And that's where we find Mary every time she was with Jesus. And it's actually remarkable that Mary, who just lost her brother and the Lord did not show up, would still fall at the feet of her Lord in worship. And Jesus, no doubt, was moved by the heart of a worshiper. 
In John chapter 11, verse 33, 35, we see that Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Verse 35, Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible. I'm sure all of you can commit to your memory. Jesus wept. Two words that say so much. Now, first of all, I don't know about you, there is something strange in this sequence of events. <clears throat> Why should Jesus weep when he is about to raise Lazarus back to life shortly? Because that comes a few verses later, and Jesus knew that. Why didn't he announce to Mary and everyone at the crowd, there's a great number of people there, in an exciting voice, people, I'm glad you are here. Watch me perform this miracle in a few minutes and bring Lazarus back to life. That would make sense, right? But instead, Jesus wept. If you were trying to make a story of a Messiah, a make-believe one, this would not be a good way to present the founder of Christianity. So we can safely conclude that this story must be a real eyewitness account. And Apostle John had recorded exactly what happened. So why did Jesus weep? I will make three observations. First, Jesus wept because he is human. Jesus wept because he is human. On this occasion, Jesus was deeply moved by the tears of Mary and many of her friends and relatives around. They could not stop weeping even after four days. They must have loved Lazarus so much. So we are seeing the full human side of Jesus when he enters into the sorrow of Mary and weep with her. He is God. So why should he come so low and enter into the sorrow of a human being? It is extraordinary that the transcendent God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one through whom all things are made, and without him, nothing made that was made, that's the one, that that's the God who would become weak physically and emotionally. God become flesh in Jesus, and he felt the full horror of death at that very moment. As God, Jesus uses his mighty power to bring death back to life. But as human, Jesus enters into the sorrow and weeps. No other religion worships a God like this. None. Except Christianity. The second reason why Jesus wept is because he's one of us. He identifies with us. 
He is among us. He is one of us. Perhaps the tears of Mary also opened a window for Jesus to see the horror of death experienced at every funeral throughout history. Billions and billions of, of crying and tears shed in all those funerals. And Jesus saw. And that includes the time my family wept for my father. And that includes the time when you wept for your loved ones. He is one of you. He feels your pain and weeps with you. So people, if you ever wonder where was Jesus when you needed him, he is there weeping with you. He is there with you through those sleepless nights. He's walking with you while you feel so lost. He's holding your hand like a good shepherd, casting out darkness as the light of the world. And thirdly, Jesus wept because he loved us. The crowd around Mary, when they saw Jesus wept, they noticed something we all long for. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. His tears was evidence that he loved Lazarus. So tears flows out of love. The tears that you have shed for your loved ones are tears of love. So there is no need to apologize and suppress those tears. They are simply expressions of love. And on this occasion, the tears of Jesus is the divine love potion that every human heart longs for. His tears flowed because he loved us. And finally, we come to the purpose of Lazarus' death. There's still a lingering doubt. Why does he have to, death? have to die? Jesus could have prevented it. There's the glory of God in death. So this is in the beginning of chapter 11, in verse 4. After Jesus received the urgent message that, that Lazarus was very sick, he told the disciples, this illness shall not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So here, Jesus tells us there are two purposes that Lazarus would die. The first purpose, the death of Lazarus is for the glory of of God the Father, for the glory of the Father. The second purpose, the death of Lazarus, is for the glory of God the Son. First, the glory of the Father. Second, the glory for the Son. Now, before this climatic miracle of Jesus bringing Lazarus out of the tomb, he prayed publicly in front of everyone. There's quite a big crowd on that day. They all follow Mary. They're wondering what was happening. 
So Jesus declared publicly. He lifted up his eyes and said, "Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. I said this on this account of the people standing around me, that they may believe that you sent me." So with this public prayer, now without this prayer, after the resurrection, people would have given credit to Jesus. Wow, Jesus is incredible. Who is this? He must be God. That glory would have stopped with Jesus. So on this occasion, Jesus tells the people, "The Father sent him." That is why he is here. That is why he is able to perform the miracle that he is about to do. So the glory belongs to the Father. Although Jesus is God, he does not operate independently from God the Father. Everything the Son does, he does out of obedience to the Father. And we will hear more about that on Good Friday. But. Couldn't Jesus have healed Lazarus remotely, like he did in the second miracle? He could have. But why didn't Jesus keep Lazarus alive until he came? He could have, and that would have prevented a lot of tears, a lot of pain. But consider which would give God more glory: heal Lazarus before he died. Or bring him back from dead. The second one, right? More glory, more unbelievable. Now consider what would give God more glory. Resurrect Jesus immediately after he died, before Jesus arrives, or when his body is fully decomposed after four days. Imagine your favorite football team in a hopeless situation in the World Cup championship game. They were ahead. Suddenly, the other team tied the score, and then by this time, two of their best strikers are injured. With ten seconds left on the clock. The ball is passed to a player who has never scored a single point in the league. He is supposed to pass the ball to someone else who can score. But he decides to be the hero. My goodness, he kicks the ball. No, no, no! You are saying, and then you see the direction of the ball is going the wrong way. It's not going to the to the goal. So what is he thinking? This is the moment many of you will probably say things that you will normally not say. But the ball hit the leg of another player, bounced on his leg, and goes into the goal. Unbelievable! You jump up in joy. Unbelievable! That's a miracle, right? So I believe this is how. Martha, Mary, and all the people felt that day. Unbelievable! Lazarus coming out of the tomb, smelly, decomposed, 
Here he is. Life out of death. Tears turn to tears of joy. You see, when it comes to miracle, the greater the impossibility, the greater the glory to God. This is why Jesus let Lazarus die and delayed in coming to him. The death of Lazarus was for the glory of God. The same holds true for you and me in our hardship, in our suffering, even in our death. The more dire the situation, the more glorious the miracle to God. And this miracle points to the spiritual miracle of our resurrection for all Christians. We are standing here, sitting tonight, today, if you're watching on the live stream. If you are in Christ, once you were dead in your transgression and sin, but after believing in Christ, now we are alive. Are you jumping up for joy? We should be jumping up for joy. If you're not, meditate on this. Meditate on the miracle that you have been brought to eternal life. Now, there is another purpose. The death of Lazarus is for the glory of this God the Son. Of course, the amazing miracle will bring much glory to Jesus. But Jesus was not interested in celebrity glory. He was thinking about another kind of glory. Jesus often equates his glorification to the hour of his death. Last Sunday, we saw, he said to his mother, his hour of death has not yet come. In the next chapter, at the time of death gets closer, Jesus will say this to his disciples. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So when Jesus says, this illness does not lead to death, what he means is that Lazarus will not die, but he will. He will die, not Lazarus, not you and me, but he will die. You see, after Jesus resurrected Lazarus, the religious leaders were so threatened by him that they wanted him dead immediately. This final miracle was a spark that sealed a death warrant for Jesus Christ. Against this threat, Jesus knew what was coming. He cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Lazarus, come out! And he came out. Lazarus, come out! Those are words of love. Andrew, come out. Angela, come out. Joyce, come out. We were all once dead 
in our transgression and our sin until Jesus came to call us by our name. Come out. And we are alive. Words of love. Pastor, Ch- Pastor um, Tim Keller writes in a short book titled The Grieving Sisters. Very short. You can go download it and read it. And he writes, the witnesses said about Jesus, see how he loved Lazarus. But really, we must behold how he loves us. He became human, mortal, vulnerable, killable. All out of love for us. You see, love is not a warm, fuzzy feeling depicted in romantic stories, people. Worldly love is about getting someone from the one we love. But Jesus showed us that real love is about giving. Real love is about giving oneself. Real love means you live even if I have to die for you. By bringing Lazarus out of the tomb, Jesus put himself into a tomb. By giving life to Lazarus and all of us, Jesus lost his life. By turning tears of joy at the funeral, Jesus turned his heavenly joy to utter anguish on the cross. But people, Jesus loves us through his tears and Jesus loves us through his death. So yes, death is still the most dreaded human condition in this world. But there is hope in Jesus. Though our loved ones are dead, they live through the blood of Jesus. With all the tears that we have shed from the pain of losing our loved ones, we know that Jesus has been weeping along our side. His tears shows us how much he loves us. And although death is inevitable for every one of us, it is coming in this broken world. It is a certain destination for all of us. We have Jesus who died so all who believe in him may have eternal life. So I look forward to the day I see Jesus. He will bring me to see my dad. I imagine my dad sitting in his living room listening to his favorite symphonies on his heavenly sound system where the fidelity is perfect. It's no longer hi-fi, but it's P5, perfect fidelity. And then I imagine my dad excitedly telling me, Taishin, come I want to show you this curry noodles in heaven. It's like never, something you've never tasted before. 
And I imagine us joking and laughing and experiencing a joy that we have never experienced before on this earth. So people, what will you be doing when you see your loved ones again? Imagine. Go ahead and imagine. Let your imagination run wild about what that day will look like. Because I tell you, whatever you imagine cannot match the glorious joy that you will experience on that day in the presence of our Lord Jesus. So church, death is not to be feared. And God has placed every one of us in this church to love and serve somewhere in Singapore and in this world. So for some reason, if you have shrunk back due to fear, may you have the courage and go forth, serve and love, even if it's dangerous. People, we are not defined by the spirit of chaosism here in Singapore. We are defined by the spirit of Christ. Would you go and share the gospel Especially if you know someone who is grieving from the loss of a loved one. Especially if you know someone who is very sick, who is not in Christ. Help them practically, but pray and help them spiritually so that they may live even if they die. And finally, if you are not a Christian, Jesus is inviting you. He has performed this miracle so his disciples and the crowd that day will believe him. And today, he has brought you to the tombside of Lazarus so you may believe him as well. So if you're not a Christian yet, if you feel a gentle tugging in your heart, If you're like, this Jesus is too good to be true. What kind of God would do this and die for me? I'm a sinner. I have done things that is wrong. I'm not good enough. If that's what you're feeling, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Would you reach out to the one next to you right after the service and tell him or her, you want to be a follower of Christ. Don't delay it a day longer. Jesus is inviting you. He wants you. He loves you. May today be the beginning of a better life in Christ. So let's pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. You can find more of our sermons online on our website at www.agape.org.sg.